Let's begin with a joke. <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> so after waiting an hour and a half for her date and receiving no replies to her text messages, Jenny decides that she has been stood up. So she resigns herself to an evening of Netflix and ice cream. And she gets out of a very classy dinner dress and puts on some PJs and some fluffy slippers. She flops down on the couch in front of the television when she hears a noise. Ding dong. The doorbell. Ding dong. So she goes to the door. She opens it, and there is her date. And he looks Jenny over and he says, Two hours late, and you're still not ready? <laughs> yes. Today's letter to the Ephesians also talks about being ready. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This letter, traditionally attributed to St. Paul, is written to the church in Ephesus, Greece, in what today is Turkey. So take everything you know about Christianity, everything you know about the church, and stuff it into a giant green bag and toss it aside for a moment. Because this letter is written at the very beginning of the Christian movement. There are no 2,000 years of church history. No great councils. No great schisms. No great reformation. No great prayer book. And most tragically, most tragically, no great church potluck. <laughs> and last night the potluck was outstanding. These Ephesian Christians are brand new, sparkling believers. There have never been Christians before at this time, until now. And the resurrection still rings out as radical good news. And Jesus' first disciples, women and men, who walked with Jesus in Israel, still walk the earth. If these sound like exciting times to have lived in, say amen. 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 And they were. Miracles continued to be performed through the apostles. All sorts of people were coming to faith. In fact, sometimes thousands in a single day. And yet, St. Paul warns the Ephesians. Did you hear that? He warns them. He says again, verse 15, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. Huh? Miracles? Thousands coming to faith? A new Christian movement breaking down barriers between the genders, between races, between social classes? What is so evil about that? Nothing. The potential for evil is found in the world around them. 
The potential for evil was within their own hearts. The potential that these Ephesians would ignore this new gospel. That they would simply settle for the flow of popular society. That the Ephesians would simply invest their time, talent, and treasure not into the everlasting, high-yielding investments of loving God and neighbor, but that they would invest their time, talent, and treasure into the short-term, low-yielding investments of passing fads and fancies, of the fluff stuff of life. To beg some bread from John chapter 6, the potential for evil was that they would settle for the bread that perishes. Instead of striving for the bread that endures. And so it's for these reasons, as well as for some other reasons, that St. Paul says that the days are evil. And now, for another joke. You guys are great. So a couple has been going to this marriage counselor, and they're seated on the couch together, and the woman has been getting very frustrated in this particular session. And so the marriage counselor says, Did you wake up grumpy this morning? The woman looks at the counselor and says, No, I let him sleep. (laughs) It's about as good as they get, folks. Now when you and I take this warning, it's a warning, Ephesians 5 is a warning to the first Christians from the first century. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we let those words apply to ourselves as 21st century Christians, some of us may find ourselves getting grumpy as well. What are you investing your time, talent, and treasure in? Are you settling for the bread that perishes? Are you striving for the bread that endures? Are you getting drunk on stuff that will rob you of an abundant and full life? Or are you seeking the Spirit who will fill you and guide you into an abundant and full life? This passage contains an indicator of whether you and I are living life well. This passage contains an indicator of whether you and I are investing our time, talent, and treasure wisely. And it's found in Ephesians 5, verse 20. Giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. A thankful spirit. A grateful attitude. A tendency to say, thank you, Lord. Often, spontaneously. Thank you. Christian stewardship is not just about making a generous financial pledge to this congregation of St. James. But I encourage you to do that. (laughs) Christian stewardship is not just about being generous with your time to this congregation of St. James. But I encourage you to do that. Christian stewardship is not just about being generous with your talents to this congregation of St. James. But as you guessed it, I encourage you to do that. Christian stewardship is about how you use all your time, all your talent, and all your treasure. Did you catch that? Just in case, I'll rewind. (laughs) Christian stewardship is about how you use all your time, all your 
other talent and all the treasure. Not just what you give to the church. It's way more than that. It's your whole life. Christian stewardship is about whether you are investing your life into the everlasting, high-yielding investments of loving God and neighbor. Or whether you're investing your life in the short-term, low-yielding investments of passing fads and fancies, the fluff stuff of life. Now, turn to the person next to you in the pew, don't be shy, and ask them, what are you investing your life in? Go on, ask them, what are you investing your life in? A mark of a well-stewarded life is gratitude in all things. A mark of a well-lived life, a well-stewarded life, is gratitude in all things. A mark of a foolish life is dissatisfaction with all things. No matter how many things that life has, never good enough, always not satisfied. You may have met this person. You may have seen him in the mirror this morning. <laughs> now, despite the fact that you will go through seasons of sorrow, and you will go through seasons of challenge, the will of the Lord is that you have a full and abundant life. And the two wings that will bring you to that soaring life of abundance and of fullness are loving God and loving neighbor. Is that what you're investing your life in? If someone were to follow you all this week and look at how you handle your friendships, your significant relationship, how you spend time at work, what you're even doing for a living, how you use your free time, if they were to watch you, would they come to the conclusion that you were investing in loving God and neighbor, or would they come to the conclusion that your life is about fluff? Keep this in mind as you come to the altar. Keep this in mind as you leave this sacred place. And keep in mind St. Paul's warning from Ephesians 5, verse 50. Be careful then how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time. Are you making the most of your time? Would people who know you describe you as a person of gratitude... Making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Amen. Amen.